Avashi! It's part two of the Captain Wars! Yar! Yo! How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Unbuckled Comics, where I read and review comics just for you. I'm your host, Unbuckled Cape, and this week, we have another one of our Unbuckled and Unscripted episodes, and it's with sidekick Captain Alcatraz. As I said before, this is part two of our Captain Wars. Two weeks ago, we got uh, Captain N doing the superman arkham review and now we get captain alcatraz doing the spider-man the animated series review uh before we get to all that though i'd like to let you know that there is a facebook and instagram page of the same name unbuckled comics where you can keep up with upcoming episodes uh dm me you know put comments out for episodes uh with an asterisk behind that we'll get to that in a second and you know just spice up your feed with all the nerdy goodness that i can provide um all right so this episode is um uh lengthy i'm sure if you've looked you're like holy cow this is about four times longer than what a normal unbuckled comics episode is and you would be right it's lengthy um we reviewed the whole darn series so that's a mistake that we won't make again from now on when not an if, when I do more cartoon uh, reviews, we're just going to be looking at singular seasons or volumes or however that plays out. Um, so I do want to get to some listener comments, but before I do that, uh, this was supposed to be our last episode before we went to a new uh, publishing schedule and opened up a Patreon, and I need to let you guys know that that is not happening, uh, partly. So... I have a new job at work, a new position at work, I guess we should say, and I've been adjusting to that. I have side jobs um, in the field that I'm actually trained for that I've been working on. Uh, September's an incredibly busy month, and truth be told, I felt that uh, the podcast has gotten slightly stale. Um, So I decided to put off opening up a Patreon uh, for the time being. So, September, I'm still going to release an episode every Tuesday. And then I'm still going to release the solicitations episode when that is scheduled. And then somewhere mid-month, I will uh, release a unbuckled and unscripted. So, basically, I want to test run the workload that I'm going to have before I uh, dive into it and then ask people for their hard-earned money and then not be able to deliver what I promise. So September is going to be a test month for the workload for me. And then in October, I believe, I was writing that stuff in my other notebook. I don't have it sitting here. Um, I'm going to change things up a little bit. Comic book reviews are going to be the bread and butter of this show because that's what I wanted to do. And um, I really enjoy doing it. It's it's a way for me to keep up on my comic reading while also uh, talking about what I've been reading with you guys. Uh, but instead of me doing four episodes a month where all I'm doing is reviewing comic books, we're going to start throwing some, some things in there, mix it up a bit, break up, and... Um, 
you know, hopefully spice up the podcast for, for you non-Patreons as well. I don't, I don't want to just give the Patreons all the, uh, variety. I want to, I want to switch it up a bit. So I don't remember what I have planned for October as far as, um, actually I think I do. I think October the, um, I, I, I'm going to say variety. I'm not calling it a variety episode, but the, the non-comic book review, the variety episode for October, uh, with November being the one year anniversary, I think I'm going to do like a, an ask unbuckled and kind of like a, uh, uh, state of the comics. We'll, we'll just have a fun conversation there. And I think my unbuckled unscripted, the Patreon episode is going to be a review of Batman Arkham origins because in October, the Arkham Trilogy is getting released on the Nintendo Switch, which I can't wait for because I have yet to actually play Arkham Knight and Asylum and City are some of my favorite video games of all time. And I want to talk about the uh, the Black Sheep of the quartet, if you will, and give that a review because it was missed in this um, um, compilation of games, I guess. I, I, and I wish it was thrown in there, but we'll, we'll get to that in October so. I just wanted to give everyone kind of a heads up on what's what's coming up the line, coming down the road. Uh, so thank you for your patience. Thank you for waiting through that. I know we have a really big episode to get to, so let's hit up some listener comments. Uh, we're going to start with last week's uh, sidekick. I kept wanting to say Kickstarter. <laughs> we're going to start with last week's sidekick, uh, Captain N. Captain N says, pop the champagne. It's Captain Alcatraz with that smooth British voice. I'm excited to have this episode fill my ears. Also, Spider-Man or whatever his name is. Actually, I added the whatever his name is. He just said Spider-Man or whatever. Uh, Then we have Storm Beagle who says, can't wait to hear this episode. My favorite part of the Spider-Man series were all the baddies. Batman takes the crown for best rogues gallery, but Spider-Man isn't far behind. Mysterio was always my favorite. Uh, yeah, we, we, we touch on that a little bit there, Storm Beagle. Uh, Spider-Man has a great rogues gallery, and I think, I don't know, man. I don't know who's better, Batman or Spider-Man. Maybe that would be a fun episode to do down the line, uh, talk about which superhero has the best rogues gallery. Maybe I can rank them. I like that idea, Storm Beagle. I like where your head's at. Uh, then we have Papina. Uh, Papina says, nice, this sounds epic. I certainly think it was epic. I, I love the conversation that uh, Captain Alcatraz and I had, and by the runtime alone, you should be able to tell that we enjoyed it as well. Then we have uh, Super Dave from the Treehouse Anime Podcast. Super Dave says, This intro music worked for X-Men, but I don't like it for Spider-Man. The show itself was a load of fun. Dave, I think that's a hot take, my friend. I... I, you're, you're, you're going to hear about this in a little bit. Uh, Captain Alcatraz and I spent some time on that, that, uh, theme song and I, I, I don't agree with you. Um, if you guys don't know, uh, Super Dave is, uh, one of my, my friends and, uh, he has his own podcast called Treehouse Anime Pod. If you like anime, manga, those kinds of things, I think you should go over and check it out. He does like a deep dive into the uh, production behind uh, well, anime. So great, great podcast. He, he puts a lot of time and effort to it, and it is very, very well done. And then our last commenter is 
Well, look at that. It's Captain Alcatraz himself. He says, this, this is from the, uh, my Instagram page. He says, just so happened to see this pop up while I'm reading some Spider- <laughs> Just seen this pop up while I'm reading some Spider-Man comics. It must be fate. Fate it is, buddy. And as fate would have it, it's time for us to get to the episode. Man, what a month for the Unbuckled Brigade. It's the final month of me having a bi-weekly show. Next month, September, I'm going to go to um, a weekly show. Uh, beginning of the month, we did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle episode, and we can never have enough of them. The episode after that was a sidekick episode we did with Brian, or better known as Captain N. And now we have an Unbuckled and Unscripted, which we get few and far in between. And this one is with my swashbuckling buddy from across the pond, former slash current YouTuber, aspiring voice actor, your friend and also mine, Alan Patashik, better known as Captain Alcatraz. How's it going, my good friend? Uh, fantastic, Mr. Cape. Thank you very much. I've, uh, I've got a three days off. I've got a drink in hand. And uh, better than that, I get to talk about my absolute favorite superhero. Yeah, so um, I guess uh, kind of about that, we we um, got to talk in one time and you said about you wanted to be in a, you know, a voice actor. It was one of your dreams. And I thought, well, I'm always looking for reasons to get guests on the show. Thought that was a good one. But you didn't feel like you read any comics that I have read. And instead, you made the suggestion that we talk about a show. And that show is. Uh, the 1990s Spider-Man animated series, which is a fantastic pick. Absolutely brilliant show. So uh, just before we get to that, um, Captain Alcatraz here has uh, been a, a, a longtime member of the Discord that we have, of the community. And you have your own little, uh, little, little channel, little space in the Discord um i titled it marvelous journey you want to want to kind of tell us about that yeah so um just a little bit before the lockdown i decided for whatever reason that i wanted to read as many if not all of the marvel comics starting right from the very beginning with fantastic four issue one and uh god it's taken me a good few years to get even to where I am today, and I'm still nowhere near finished. But um, it's been quite a journey learning where all these characters came from, where they started, um, first appearances, crossovers, all of that stuff. It's, it's, it's been a trip. And you mentioned that uh, we're talking about your favorite character, oh, which yes. I assume the reason he's your favorite character is because of this um, deep dive into the Marvel history. Actually, no. Uh I would have to say that Spider-Man is my favorite superhero because of the very show we're about to talk about. All right, sweet. Um, we're going to get to that, I promise. But I, I want to give you a, a chance to, to give your couple of plugs here. Um, you you Just so everyone knows, we are recording this extremely early. I'm incredibly proactive and I like to get stuff out of the way, especially with summer right around the corner. That way we have it in the bank. And as I mentioned, you and I have what a, we figured it's a five hour time difference. Something like that. Yes. And you know, we're both parents, both 
full-time working. Um, I didn't want to mess around with summer and trying to get this scheduled. I, I wanted to do it as quickly as possible. Um, at the moment, you had a, uh, a, a former YouTube channel that you're, you were just recently talked about reviving. You want to kind of tell us about that? Sure thing. Uh, so again, for a long, long time, almost as long as I can remember, I've wanted to be a voice actor. And um, I thought, well, no time like the present. Again, during lockdown, when everyone was trying new things, I thought, well, let's, let's try my hand at voice acting. And um, I thought, well, what better way to get over the nerves and uh, the, the hump of putting yourself out there than by just putting out a few videos and uh, letting people follow my journey um, into voice acting. So your, uh, your YouTube channel, uh, what, what's the, what's the name of it? Well, it's called follow my voice. Um, again, I don't have that many subscribers at the moment. It has the rather sexy, uh, name of follow my voice seven, six, one, four. And, uh, it's just got a few videos about what equipment I'm using, you know, what I'm doing to try and get into this field, uh, a couple of, uh, potential reads and things like that. I'm looking to do some audio books and things like that and have them up there at some point as well. Yeah. Sweet. And again, as we're recording this, it's it's actually May. The the listeners aren't going to hear it until the end of August. Um, you posted a video for us in the Discord to listen to. It was a Star Wars related video. Um, May the fourth being what well, yesterday? I think May the fourth was. That's right. Yeah. Um, and in that video, you you did a deep dive into uh, some of the voice actors and things like that in it, and it was. I'm, I'm not kidding you. It was superb. I felt like I was watching a video of someone that was doing YouTube for a long time. Ah, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, and, and speaking of that, that deep dive into voice acting, you and I've had a couple of, of, uh, phone conversations while we were going through the Spider-Man, just getting used to each other's, uh, you know, the way we talk, our cadence or things like that. And we always ended up talking about the show, even though, as much as what we wanted to avoid it because we wanted to save it for this. But uh, you had mentioned that you had some voice acting tidbits on Spider-Man, the animated series. Uh, yeah. As I say, this is a fantastic series and it's full of some absolutely incredible voice talent. And again, much like my, um, I know that voice videos where I pick a voice actor and just uh, talk about some of the roles that you may know, you may not know. It's, it's something of an interest of mine that, uh, who's who's voicing these roles. Um, so, for example, I mean, there are some... Did you know, I know you're a big fan of Venom, for example. Mm -hmm. Do you know who actually plays him in this series? Venom I don't and, know that. Of course, Eddie Brock. Well, it's uh, Hank Azaria from The Simpsons, Mo Sislek. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are some other fantastic voice actors as well. Of course, you've got Jennifer Hale as Felicia Hardy and uh, uh, Mira Ferlin for the Babylon 5 fans out there, if there are any perhaps as old as I am. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and of course, one that I think you're particularly uh, fond of as well from uh, from your time with the, uh, the Beatas. Yeah, yeah, I was it's and again this is where you and i those previous conversations i kind of wish we would have saved some of it um, um mark hamill ends up appearing in this and i he's my second favorite voice actor and the only reason he's second is because 
the guy that he worked with the most um, was Batman. Absolutely. And may he rest in peace. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, and I don't, you know, it's it's just funny because we I was watching the show and watching it a lot. I actually spent most of my time every time I would do dishes, I would I'd watch the show. Right, um, right. But the couple of times that I had it on the TV and uh, Mark Hamill plays Hobgoblin and he came on, I would say to my wife that, you know, that's Mark Hamill. Do you know who that is? And me being me, she goes, well, that's the animated Joker. It, well, yeah, but he's also Luke Skywalker. I was I was thrown for such a loop when I found out that the voice of the Joker was actually Luke's, Luke Skywalker. I, I, I still have a hard time getting over it. You know, I remember distinctly when I was younger finding that out and just thinking, really? Luke Skywalker and the Joker, same person? Just, I, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Yep. It still, still feels weird. But man, um, who did you say Venom was? Uh, Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. I'll have to remember that now. And, I, know, uh, I know he does loads of voices on The Simpsons, but I think most is like it's probably the one he's most well known for. Right. Um, I didn't look up anything about the voice actors because I, I figured that was more your stick. Um, do you know the name of the guy that does Peter Parker? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Christopher Barnes, I think. Oh, OK. I have heard that name before. Um, yeah. Sticking to the the voice acting, he does such a phenomenal job, doesn't he? Oh god! And considering you hear his voice his voice so much with uh, Spider Man's internal dialogue, because a lot of it is just him on his own, basically talking to himself, and it never right. gets old. It never gets boring. He does such a fantastic job. And and like um, what was it? It would have been episode eight, which is the alien costume saga oh i know what you're gonna say go on when he has the the venom symbiote suit on him it's incredible how you know there's something different Mm -hmm. it is so cool that he's able to turn his voice around and it's not that he's yelling he's not screaming there's just a certain tone in his voice a little extra gruff in it maybe and And it's just Yep, it is fantastic. Absolutely, and uh, going on from that as well, when he's when he's chasing the shocker, and he when he is actually yelling with the uh, venom symbiote, that just chills. Yep, that I I I can hear it right now. Get back here, shocker. That's it, and it's just feral. And then springboarding on to season four, when. I'm going to pause here. I should have said this at the top. Um, this show came out in the 90s. Yeah. We're not going to hide anything. No, no. I think we're beyond spoilers at this point. So um, there's there's an episode. The end of season three is um, the death of Gwen Stacy. But instead of Gwen Stacy, it's Mary Jane. Now, she doesn't actually die no. because it's a kid's cartoon. But starting at the beginning of season four, Peter's grieving because he lost Mary Jane. Yep. And we get another shift in his voice acting, but instead of that angry gruff, you can just hear the depression in it. Yeah. And considering he's usually such a, a cocky and confident character, it's it's very noticeable. 
Right. And, and again, I think that's why Spider-Man himself has stood the test of time as a Marvel character. You know, characters are always shifting, changing. Um, you look at Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, Captain mm-hmm. America. There's maybe 10 characters that have stayed the same pretty much, you know, other than a couple small details that have stayed the same since their um, creation. And Spider-Man's one of them. And I think that's why he normally is that upbeat, you know, snarky lovable jerk but then in an instant they deal so well with internal trauma and you know the moral dilemmas and this show just i think encapsulates everything that the early comics did very well absolutely yeah um it's i think i think you mentioned it in your vengeance of venom episode uh when you (laughs) said (laughs) (laughs) uh, i've not actually read it uh, but you mentioned that Spider-Man manages to balance the superhero aspect with the real-life human being aspect so well. And I think that's why the character is so beloved. Yeah. So um, moving on from that, because we we do have quite a bit to talk about here. Um, you are a uh, a music aficionado. Is that fair to say? I do like a bit of music. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a fun little uh, uh, note for you on the music. First of all, when you watch this show, how many times did you listen to that theme song? Oh, God. I mean, it's classic. Maybe like it's up there with the X-Men theme song. It's, it's fantastic. So back in the day, almost certainly every single time. I mean, on this rewatch, I mean, we did sort of binge it quite quickly. So there were times when I did skip for time, but oh, it's a cracking tune yeah it, funny enough i based it on how many dishes i had to do if if there was a big pile of dishes i let the theme song play if there was a smaller pile i'd, I'd skip the theme song <laughs> um That's but when funny. i was when i was just watching just for me and i i had like no time restraints i almost always listened to the theme song at least once it's brilliant so did you catch the um the reference in episode eight Again, the first part of the alien costume when he learns that the costume is actually his clothes and he can change the clothes with the thought of thought with a thought. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he um oh. Was it Aerosmith or something, I think? He does. He referenced Aerosmith. The guitar for that theme song is done by Joe Perry from Aerosmith. No way. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yep. That's yep, brilliant. I, I, it, it was last summer. There, It was a really rainy day, and I just sat down, and I'm like, I need to watch something mind-numbing. And I went to the Alien costume and watched that first episode, and I caught the Aerosmith reference, and I thought, you know what? Why Aerosmith? It, yeah, now that I think about it, it's just that there's not much real-world referencing. So, yeah, that does stick out. So I, I looked up why Aerosmith. Turns out Joe Perry is responsible for that theme song. How about that? So. Um, well, there you are. What is it, like some 30 years on? I'm still learning stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I guess more about the show itself instead of these little factoids that we have. Um, we're not going to go over every episode because each episode had, I think season one had like 20 and then they were right around like 15 to 12, the rest of them. 
So a ton of episodes, even though you could actually, there's something notable in every single one. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But I think the podcast would probably be up as long as the series itself. Right. <laughs> um, so let's just start off season one. Right. What were your thoughts on season one? I liked it. Yeah, absolutely brilliant introduction um, without actually having an introduction, which is something I really appreciate about it. I mean, we all know Spider-Man. We all know the story. And I really appreciated the way that the show just hit the ground running straight away. No explanation. Here's Spider-Man. Here's what he's doing. You know, here's uh, the lizard, I think, is in the first episode. Yep. And it's just have at it. Yep. And that's the, the very first note I have for season one is no origin yeah. i appreciate so much that we didn't now later on in episodes they give you some backstory and it's it's you know they're kind of spoon feeding you a little bit here and there yeah. but it's relevant to current events it's it's not to like hey this is spider-man let's teach you about it's it's relevant to what's going on yeah. and i i really appreciate it and in my opinion that first season is straight fire like you said they hit the ground running in oh, episode yeah. two let me let me flip my page here because again there was a lot of i i started making out notes for every single episode until i got through season two and i'm like i can't do this there's no way but episode two you're just writing a dissertation yeah let me let me read to you all of the main characters in episode two you had both of the osbournes harry and norman yep eddie brock felicia harding um flash thompson j jonah jameson Alistair Smythe, Kingpin. They mention MJ, but she's not in it. And then, of course, Peter Parker, Aunt May, um, Robbie Robertson's in it. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine characters that's not Peter and Aunt May. Yeah, they really Those do nine a good characters job. basically carry the rest of that show. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, inc- that's incredible that, that we get all of that in episode two. And then they run it for another five seasons. Yeah. And it never feels crowded. Nope. Like Not everything, one bit. Everything just flows nicely. You get all of these. Like, I think the villains in series one are some of the best in the whole show. Uh, Spider-Man's villains, I think, and I'll make a concession to you here. I will take the Joker out of the equation. But I think that Spider-Man's villains stack up against even Batman's. If you take the Joker out. I I honestly... I think maybe even with the Joker in... Really? I don't know if his Rose Gallery is better. But it really depends. In my opinion, it depends on what you want. Um, I mean, with Batman, obviously there's the Joker, but for Spider-Man, for me, my favorite Spider-Man villain is Venom, and Venom works better as a villain, and I will die on that hill. Um, yeah, that's fair. So if I take those two and set them aside, because they're they're my, I mean, Venom's my second favorite comic book character. So I'll I'll pull them aside, and then looking at the rest of them, yeah, I like tooth, tooth, toothpaste. toothpaste. <laughs> I like toothpaste <laughs> and penguin. Um, I love freeze. But then you'd look around and turn turn to Spider Man's. Well, he has Doctor Octopus, Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, and b- 
basically almost anyone in Marvel's Road Gallery at some point had a beef with Spider-Man. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think so. And even though, like, his one villain has got, you know, eight limbs like an octopus, mm-hmm. for the most part, they actually feel slightly more, their, their motives always feel a little more realistic than Batman's as well. Sure, sure. And to a degree more personal. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll get to that eventually too. How, how I, I got a question about that later, but absolutely. Um, and that's always been the argument DC versus, um, Marvel comic wise was Marvel always handled that stuff better. Their, mm. their characters and stuff always felt a little more realistic, a little more human. Um, I've, I've heard that from multiple people is, you know, why do you like Marvel more than DC? Well, they, they feel more real, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that, that goes double for X-Men. I, I think they do a fantastic job with that. Oh yeah. I love the X-Men. But um, again, in season one, we also get, as I mentioned, this is the third time now, the alien costume saga. Yep. By episode 11, we have Hobgoblin's introduction, which you already brought up, is the voice of Mark Hamill. And very noticeably so. Yeah. There, yeah, there not is, even a question. There is just a bit of the Joker about him, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to watch anything with him in it and not go, oh, well, that's Mark Hamill. Oh, yeah, Sounds absolutely. just like a Joker. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then um, episode 13 is the let me look here oh so season one only has 13 episodes so then they're all right around 13 yeah um at the end of season one it's the episode with the chameleon um at the very end of the episode spider-man is sitting on a building and did you catch the reference at the end of that he's talking to a gargoyle yes bruce bruce Bruce. the gargoyle which is a um, unashamed nod to Batman the Animated Series at the time, which I actually ended up never looking it up, but we had talked about it earlier. Um, I think it was Paul Dini worked on both of these shows. So Yeah, I think there was a significant amount of crossover on the, on the writing staff. Yeah, which, and, and again, I think it's obvious because if you were to ask me what's my two favorite superhero uh, cartoons, it's B Taz and Spider Man. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. So, um, but more on track. Uh, episode one is just—it's just so much fun, isn't it? I, there's, there's really no like. I mean, there's a storyline with Alistair Smythe, right? In the first couple of episodes, his dad passes away, dies in an accident, and then Kingpin employs him for revenge on Spider Man. That's basically the plot of season one. There's a lot of character introductions going through it. Um, On episode four, there's one, it's, it's an episode that Mysterio is the villain in it. And we get the uh, backstory of uncle Ben, the great with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Which you knew just had to be in there somewhere. Right. Uh, Episode three is when we get Mary Jane's appearance and it's, it's right at the end, you know, fate, she does the whole face at tiger. You just hit the jackpot, which is like her favorite, her uh, famous line. Uh, Straight from the comics. Yep. 
Um, and then, like I said, the rest of the rogues gallery. So I think season one does such a good job just being a fun cartoon. Yeah, definitely. While at the same time, it does seed quite a few of the storylines that will be picked up in later se series. Right. So like in season two, it starts off the very first episode of season two. We have the Insidious Six. Yeah. So in, I think in one five minute span, it undoes literally everything from the first series. Right. But it's, I mean, it was great to see them jump into that right away. Um, and this is the whole uh, Neogenic Nightmare series. Neogenic Nightmare. How often, uh, that, how often did you hear that? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah. So I guess, I guess that's a good place to, to jump into it, huh? Uh, for me, if I were to rank the seasons, um, my least favorite season being four, which is the uh, Partners in Trouble season. Yeah. Uh, that's right after um, the Mary Jane incident. And then I would have it season two, which is the Neogenic Nightmare. Mm -hmm. Season three, which is, let me look here, I think I have the title of it, Sins of the Father. And then season one, which is just Spider-Man was my favorite. Um the reason I bring that up is because almost all of my dislikes I have of the show and, and I, just to be clear, I'm nitpicking. I am super nitpicking when I, when I say this, but they, they, they come out in season two and four. I get so tired of hearing neogenics yeah. and the neogenic recombinator and every single villain in that has something to do with the Neogenic Recombinator. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, the thing is, Series 2, I think, when I was a kid, was probably my favourite series. Only in so much as you've got characters like Morbius, you've got Neogenics, which I didn't know what that meant at the time. I still don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just know they said it all the time. It's just like, oh, that's a cool word. Um it does <sighs> on a rewatch it has slipped down my ranking slightly yeah I'll agree with so you. how I will would... go on how how would you rank them well i think i'm going to put partners in danger series 4 last um in so much as this it just takes ages to get going it doesn't really it's it's slow um oh you got me on the spot now oh my word you know what i missed one i only ranked four of them there's five seasons so i'm I'm gonna give you some time to think because i can correct this real quick for me it goes four two three five then one yeah okay i can see has neogenic slipped down that far yeah i think maybe it has I don't, I think for me, Series 3, Sins of the Father is the best series. 
followed by series one, five, two, and then four down at the bottom. Okay. I think that, like, I, you know, I might change my mind, but on the spot, that's that's probably how I feel about it. And I, I can, I can definitely see that because, well, I like season three, but I have a hard time dropping five below my second favorite because of the ending. And, and we'll get there. I, I, yeah. we need to, um, that's, talk that's, about that then. That's why I really had to think about that. So, um, yeah, season two, it just got. I really did get tired of the neogenic stuff. I didn't like. Um, the uh man spider i didn't care for that stuff i uh, see i thought that was cool i just i don't know maybe when i was a kid i liked it a lot more i did like morbius um but like you had mentioned in a, a an earlier conversation we had something that i didn't pick up on that now i i hear it in my head and i'm like oh that's weird um the word plasma gets thrown around a lot yeah all the time <laughs> Plasma, plasma, plasma. I mean, they, they, they can't have been able to say blood, right? And it's again, it's you know, he uses his hands to drain plasma out of people. I mean, it's it's not really a vampire, right? But again, it's understandable why they had to do it that way. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Season two is also where we get the X Men, right? Sure, I have it in my notes. Yes, because yep. I think he doesn't he go. Cause it's been a few weeks now. Um, I think he goes to see them to try and get help with his man spider condition. I believe so. Yep, yep. And you know what was my big complaint? And and actually, I think honestly, this is what puts season two so far down for me. I think I could have dealt with the rest of it, but my biggest complaint with that is. Um, Spider-Man's like just super arrogant pride towards the X-Men makes no sense in my mind. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. He does come on a bit strong. But And like um, I get that the X-Men's whole thing is about prejudice. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense to me at all why Peter Parker would be prejudiced towards any X-Men and like he's like I don't want to be a mutant and like it's I get he has He's afraid for his life and his future, but I just don't see the Spider-Man character acting that way. It just felt weird. Yeah, yeah. I think it was quite a strange thing that tended to happen a lot, even in the comics. It's just, for some reason, as soon as superheroes met each other for the first time, they had to fight each other. For no apparent reason. There's always some misunderstanding, and they just had to go at it. Yeah. I mean, some of them I could see... um, also in season two, we get um, the Punisher and Blade, and Spider-Man fights both of them to start, and they make sense, especially Blade. Blade's trying to kill Morbius while uh, Spider-Man is trying to save him. Yeah, yeah, Blade was cool. Didn't think much of the Punisher, though. No, no, I agree completely. Blade Blade was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could go a long time without hearing the Punisher say "battle ban" ever again. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is, is when I watch the Netflix um, Punisher, and he drives around in the van in that van. That's all that I can think of in my head is, it's the battle van. Battle van, yep. 
always just oh anyway you know what now that we say that that show spider-man does that a lot because i'm i'm looking over my my notes of things that i dislike um first and foremost peter does not need to say everyone's full name every time (laughs) yeah yeah like i get maybe saying jj i think he does that a couple of times but you don't need to say j jonah jameson every time or robbie robertson i know who mary jane is i don't need you to say felicia harding there's only one felicia in the entire show there's only one eddie brock (laughs) they know who they're talking about as well so who's that for that one and then the um and and it's said this way every time Uh uh-oh spider sense danger yeah yeah that's that's episode one and then episode 60 whatever the very last episode every single episode you get that uh uh-oh spider sense danger yeah maybe just establish it once a season and move on (laughs) you can make the argument that team rocket sings their song in every single episode but at least there's variety in that listen i will not have any slander against team rocket in my house (laughs) They, they are a national treasure Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, 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 I hear what you say. It, it, I mean, and there's the noise, the the screen goes crazy. It's just like you don't really need somebody to spell out what's happening to you. Right. But I guess the so the show might have been so embedded in that um internal monologue that they thought he needed to say something. Yeah. But maybe. I I just don't know why you wouldn't have it something different. Yeah. Even just um, uh oh. Yeah. But uh so yeah, I, I guess I guess the big issue with season two for me again was the, the treatment of the X Men, even though having them in the show was awesome because you know, that they were a major cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And then um I guess the repetitive of the neogenic stuff uh not all the guest cast was great like the punisher um but then you know blade was awesome the other thing in season two that i have a love-hate relationship with is season two is where we meet hydro man yeah okay what did you think Um, of hydro man i love him as a villain but to be quite honest he scares the crap out of me (laughs) he's very uh stalkerish isn't he when you watch it as a kid i don't think it dawns on you watching it as an adult i'm like i'm terrified of this Mm. guy and it's so personal which is what you brought up earlier about how his rose gallery is so personal i mean looking at all of the villains in this and and i mean they're all here um everyone i think will point to green goblin right away being the osborns right and say that that's a personal villain for him but man i think hydra man is way more personal yeah and the thing with hydra man is that he's not really even that interested in spider-man but he is laser focused on just mary jane 
Yeah. And with that, I mean, I think that's what's scary about it. I'm just going to say, I think that's the part that's scary. Cause when you, when you watch that show, you know, you kind of put yourself in the, the shoes of the hero and when a loved one is in danger. Um, I think that's, that makes it more terrifying. And, and I mean, this guy's made of water, right? How yeah. can you stop them? And for the most part, he wins. He gets her. He takes her. It's just like, yep. well, how how do you find a guy who's made of water? Yeah, it, but so again, I I don't know if that's that's a win for that season or a loss for that season because although he's a fantastic villain, um, he he gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, true, and. They they kind of just sort of throw away one shot episodes, just not necessarily connected to the arc as a whole. So they they're good episodes, but at times I was thinking, okay, well let's 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 see what else is going on. Yeah, right, right. Um, but then after that, we get what is um, you said your favorite season, correct? Uh, Sins of the Fathers. Yep, yep. So go ahead and uh, uh, tell me a little bit about season three and, and why that's your favorite. Uh, I like the theme. Uh, it's obviously, you know, fathers take a real beating in this season um, for whatever reason. Um, it introduces perhaps what I think is not my favorite villain, but probably one of the better handled villains of the entire series, which uh, is Carnage. Cletus Cassidy is just, oh, they they really do a good job there. Which uh, is crazy because of how violent and scary he is in the comics that they were able to transition him into a kid's cartoon so well. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, with every facet except actually murdering people, like they really nailed down his character. And that's, it's just, it's a joy to watch because you really don't know what he's going to do. His laugh is perfect. Absolutely. I mean, it may even be better than Mark Hamill's. Mark Hamill is Hobgoblin or the Joker? Well, I don't really think you can stack it up against the Joker, can you? Okay, Mark Hamill is Hobgoblin, I'll agree. I I think the the Carnage is, that, that laugh for Carnage is just, so good i mean it's it's kind of bone chilling it really is but i think is this the series where you get the introduction of madame webb as well it is yep very interesting character yep Um, i enjoyed i enjoyed i remember as a kid i just well who 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 is this what is she because she's very mysterious and i love that uh dr strange shows up very first episode very first episode and include one of if not my favorite voice actors but certainly up there uh is tony j who plays um baron mordo in the series absolutely iconic voice oh what else has he done um for my money the thing i most recognize him for is he's the elder god in the legacy of cain series but he's done hundreds of other things. That's just where I first heard that voice. Okay. Um, 
season three holds one of my favorite episodes and it's episode two i do not remember what the title of episode two is but i know exactly what comic they were they were pulling out of and it is the kid who collects spider-man uh yeah i remember that episode yeah so he um he goes to visit the I think he's having a sort of crisis of identity and is thinking about hanging up being Spider-Man. So he sort of gives her the the origin story and she sort of helps him back to to define himself as a hero, I think. Yep. Is that the yep. one? And yeah. Absolutely. And it's this is the episode that gives us the most origin story, like in big chunks. Um, and then not just that, like he, you know, he talks about being a wrestler and I mean, we get the whole spiel here. Um, yeah, yeah. One of the reasons that I have this highlighted is because um, did you notice the sign when he's leaving at the very end of the episode? Yeah. Um, it's like a... Uh, I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's something like... It's, it's, it's a place for like terminally ill children or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's a hospital for terminally ill children. I mean, that's, oh, what a downer. Yeah, and I, I I, think the first time I watched through this, I, you know, of course didn't pick up on that. And then I knew about the kid who collects Spider-Man, and as I'm watching the episode the last time around, I'm going, this seems an awful lot like that comic. And then, of course, when it ends, it pans out, and I was like, wait a minute, there's no way the thing put that in and we just got done talking about how cletus cassidy is not meant for children but they they find ways and i think that's a great sign of a, a cartoon that's good for any age is they find ways to add you know more adult or teenage themes into a kid's cartoon and and this is a big one if you don't know what's going on and then of course how a a child that is you know going to die and assumably she knows that and how her she's she's just an inspiration to him and you know hey you can't quit on us you're important you mean a lot to everyone and her name's tina that's her name um yep okay you know quite an incredible little child for her situation and really in the end she makes him feel guilty for for having the the troubles that he has yep yep I, I it's I think again that is one of the ways that Spider-Man is such a human superhero. Yeah. And it's just it's little things like that it sort of emphasizes the fact that well anyone can really be a hero. Yeah. That's kind of what I love about him. You know, and as I'm sitting here looking at my notes, I'm looking at at the um, the notes that I have for all the episodes and stuff. Season three was really good, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. The Green Goblin in season three. Believe it or not, it takes that long for us to get Green Goblin. It does. Yeah, it just seems a bit reversed, doesn't it? And for my money, refreshing. True, true. Although I have to say, the Green Goblin is probably my favorite Spider-Man villain. Well, I'm not going to disagree with how great of a villain he is, but I, I'm just happy that the show didn't ride on him. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. That is true. And then that's season, that's episode three that we get the Green Goblin. Episode six is framed. That's the one where the chameleon poses as um, uh, Peter Parker. Or no, he poses as Spider-Man. Sorry, he poses as Spider-Man. Right. And it's the, uh, we get Daredevil in that one, which I, I love Daredevil. Not yeah. so much in this. He he's he's quirky like he is in the Frank Miller runs, but I I didn't I didn't love him in the show. But we also get the mention of um, he he says about I don't actually now I don't remember if it's the chameleon or who it is, but they say they mention Parker's traitor parents. I didn't actually catch that. Yep. So they've seeded that even as early as series three. Yep. Wow. Okay, that's that's cool. And then episode nine, there was another Batman reference. Did you catch that one? It it involves Tombstone. No, I don't think so. Did you notice how Tombstone's origin is almost identical to the Joker's? Oh, yeah, falling into the uh, the vat of chemical whatever. And when Spider-Man learns that that's the origin, he says about he's surprised that Tombstone doesn't have green hair. How did I miss that? No, you're just not a DC guy. Well, I mean, true enough, but you don't have to be a DC guy for that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's I, I'm literally kicking myself. Yep. How how cool is that? Yep. I and and again, just. Every episode, because like I didn't care for the Tombstone character himself. Um, I I do like what's what's the um, the girl that kind of runs with him. She's the daughter of. Oh my word. He ends up turning into a baby. Oh god, um, so you're talking about I think Elise Elise Alicia, Alicia Silver Silvermane. Silvermane, yep, Alicia Alicia Silvermane. Um, I yep. did like her. Yep, yep, she was cool. Didn't care nice. for Tombstone, but e even the episodes where I was a little bit like less interested, they 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 throw out a Batman nod to to drag me back in. <laughs> and then hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Um, and then of course the end of season three is is the um the uh nod to the death of gwen stacy yep uh how do you think they handled that about as well as they could do given it was a kid's show i mean could be, because for all intents and purposes peter parker thinks she's dead right and she's Obviously, not we know different but again and this is why i love the green goblin because you don't know what's going to happen i mean some of the other villains you think well they're going to fight they're going to go at it for a while, but ultimately Spider-Man's going to win. But with the Green Goblin, you thought, well, yeah, but what's going to happen along the way? Right. Like, what's the collateral damage? That's, and, I was just going to say, what's the cost of it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in this case, yeah, he, he loses Mary Jane Parker. Um, sorry, Watson. Yeah, we're not that far yet. No. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Um. So then we go into season four. We already talked about the great voice acting that gets demonstrated again in season four to demonstrate the grief and inner tur turmoil. Mm -hmm. And I, I think about this. 
the voice actor for Spider-Man, I guess, has to be great, right? How do you draw his facial expressions? Yeah, yeah, everything has to be the voice. I, I didn't think of that until now. That's that's pretty cool. To this day, this is still the voice of Spider-Man that I hear when I'm reading the comics. Oh, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. 100%. I mean, that's him, um, you know, Kevin Conroy's the Batman when I'm reading, Mark Hamill's the Joker. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's just a few voices that that hit a character so well when i'm reading deadpool i'm it's ryan reynolds oh it's got to be yeah right I, he might actually be deadpool in real life <laughs> <laughs> so uh season four you and i both kind of agree is the worst season i think so yeah i mean it has its moments but it just and this is going to sound I don't know. I don't know how it's going to sound, but um, there's just a little bit too much of the I don't know, grieving. I don't know. It's just like it just goes on a bit too long. Like, obviously, I and, love. And... Go on. No, go ahead. I was going to say I love happy-go-lucky, cocky, sarcastic Spider-Man, and I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just being selfish, but I, just, I kind of want that guy back. You know what my issue with it was? Go on. It felt too much like a soap opera. Yes. 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 I think that's. I think that's what it is. With him, because Mary Jane's gone, and Felicia Hardy has become Black Cat, but Spider Man doesn't know that Felicia Hardy and Black Cat are one and the same, and he is kind of in love with felicia but he's also kind of in love with black cat again not knowing they're the same person and he's really struggling if he should be in love with either of them because of what happened to mary jane and it's just the focus on that is way to and then and then there's felicia harding uh morbius comes back in this season and then she's torn between spider-man and morbius and more blade and more punisher which we really didn't I mean, Blade's cool. I'm glad we got him, but didn't really need more Punisher. No, it just feels a little unfocused. Yep. Um, and and in all honesty, and and not that it's, I don't think it's bad. No, no. It just, it, yeah, like like you say, it's just, yeah, just a bit too soap opery. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Jennifer Hale though as Black Cat. Um, again, so this is what I do. Uh, Commander Shepard from Mass Effect, as well as about a thousand other things. I I never played those games. Ah, uh, well, you're missing out. I know. And do, you know what, <laughs> do you know what strikes me as well? Is that they never actually pay off that Felicia Hardy storyline. Like, yeah, think... and, and you know... At the end of the show, they clearly knew this was going to be the end. Yeah, and he—I I don't think he ever finds out who she is. No. Which also seemed really strange to me. Yeah. But I, again, it's not that it's bad. It's not that it doesn't work. It just—too bad they didn't have more time, I guess. Yeah. True. True. Uh, but then we go into what you say is. Oh no, it, it's not your favorite. Is it your second favorite? Season five? It's it's my second favorite. 
do you know what? I can't even remember the ranking that I just gave them, but it is. <laughs> I wrote mine down. That that was like twenty minutes ago. I've had whiskey since then. Uh, <laughs> it is a great series. It's it's a great series, but mostly for the end of it. Sure. So let's 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 clip through this so we can get to the end because I got the end. We got some questions, and we're already uh, getting close to that hour mark. Um, episode one in uh, the fifth season is the wedding episode. Uh, just in case you haven't watched it and you don't care about spoilers, Mary Jane comes back at the end of season four and like just out of nowhere. And that's how the season pretty much ends. Yeah, good ending. Great, right? We know nothing about Mary Jane yeah. and how she got back, what's going on. She just shows up dripping wet. Um, move on. I guess that's not how season four ends, but that's close to the, ooh, excuse me. That's close to the end. Um, they decide to get married. Yeah. You know, he tells her that he's Spider-Man. She's, you know, she's into it, whatever they season five starts with the wedding. And what a fun episode was that? If I had to say, I think J Jonah Jameson steals the episode. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> that's incredible because everybody's in it yeah absolutely yeah no it's it is a lot of fun i mean the black cat's gone she she's out vampire hunting with morbius she returns for the wedding mm-hmm. um city of six is there kingpin and jay jonah jay jonah jameson are like battling each other to see who can provide peter parker with the best wedding possible genius um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It feels like it belongs in season one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, definitely. It's just, There's... oh, when, <laughs> when he gives Peter Parker that little van. Oh, that's good. Great oh, ending. Kills me. Um, and then in episode two, like it was almost like they they gave you like a hey, here's some fun and fancy free stuff. We haven't done this for a while because again, season four was a soap opera. And then season two, like we had said a little bit ago, they seated uh, Peter Parker's traitor parents earlier. Mm-hmm. Episode two, we get into that, which yeah. I am so glad that they brought that storyline into the fifth season. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I'm not familiar with the storyline from the comics. But... I only am in, like, reference and in passing. I actually never read the storyline, but um, I'm glad it was here. Yeah, it's just because like, you always know Peter Parker with Aunt May, Uncle Ben. And it's just like, I'd always wondered, well, what happened to his parents? Right. So I was really, really pleased to get this storyline. And And it's not your typical Spider-Man story because it's more of a, uh, a Captain America winter soldier type story. There's a lot of espionage going on here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I'm here for it. I, I like that stuff. And you know, big James Bond fan, uh, winter soldier is one of my uh, favorite Marvel movies and yeah, sure. Throw Spider-Man into it. Let's, let's see how he handles uh, a cross border deep into Russian territory kind of, um adventure yeah it took him out of his comfort zone and put him into an entirely new scenario which again looking ahead to 
the ending with Madam Web, oh. an incredibly important uh, thing for him to do, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. That comfort zone type stuff. Um, after um, that whole story, we get uh, the Forgotten Warriors. Now, a little um, asterisk on this. I've never watched past this episode uh, until until now. Of course, I've I've always dropped off at the Forgotten Warriors. Oh boy, you were missing out. I was missing out, but I'm glad I did it because I got to watch it for the first time, and I'm going to geek out about it here in a second. Sure, sure. Uh, the Forgotten Warriors, uh, season five, great series. Forgotten Warriors storyline, meh. Yeah, it's. I didn't really like the characters. Nope. I had I I just had no connection to them. It's, it it was painted as this big reveal, and I was just like, uh, "Who?" Yep. And you know, obviously, you've got Cap, which yeah, brilliant. I'm I'm on board with that. Electro. Just... We got Electro. Yeah, as the ultimate weapon, which was an interesting. Yep. It was nice to see because, again, where I've read to in the comics, he's a threat, but not a major one. Right. So it was nice to see like, them expand on his powers and just make him make him deadly. Right. So uh, my biggest complaint with season five is they build up and it feels like it's going to be the big ending. And then it never is. So the ultimate weapon, Electro, and that's just kind of over. Yeah. And then we get the, um, and again, this is why he creeps me out. We get the return of Hydro Man. Again, very odd placement for that. I, I know why they did it in terms of the story. Right. But it, so, again, it felt weird. Mary Jane is again being stalked by Stalker Hydro Man. But this time we learn that it's not actually Mary Jane. She is a Hydro Man-esque clone of Mary Jane. Yep. So strange. Clones have never really worked out for Spider-Man in terms of story. No, not once. And again, it's it would it would have worked better if they'd actually then gone on to pay off the Mary Jane storyline. Right. But it's just, oh, she's a clone. Well, she's gone again. Now you're off on another adventure. Yeah. And again, this was, I said I never made it past the Six Forgotten Warriors. That's why. Because a couple years ago, hey, again, lockdown. Um, I decided I was going to watch beginning to end because my job was for me to sit in a vehicle and just traffic watch, I guess. Um and I got to the Six Forgotten Warriors, and I was talking about it to um, uh, E. Period. Actually, he, he he's kind of bad with spoiler stuff. He doesn't really think about it, but he was just like, "Oh yeah," and that that whole thing with Mary Jane being Hydro Man's weird. And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And he he was like, "Oh, didn't you know that?" And like, "Well, now I don't want to finish it." Well, when and you put it that... like that, I mean, he's not wrong, but <laughs> it it sounds weird when you put it like that. Yeah. It... And thankfully, that's not how the show ended. I went into this watch through thinking that that's how the show was going to end. And I was wrong. That would have been so bad. Oh, yeah. But the end ends up being so good, doesn't it? 
Oh my god. It's yeah, they they really for what I felt was sort of a mid-series dip, they really pulled out all the stops at the end and just knock it out of the park. So, we get the Beyonder, which is I don't know, I kind of felt like it like what the world is the Beyonder doing here? It just kind of felt out of place. Um, but made complete and total sense with when you tie in Madam Web into all of it and, and what they were building towards. Um, yep, yep. So they, they go to another dimension, another planet, um, and the Beyonder pulls a bunch of villains into this, this planet. He sends them way in the future, and they basically dominate the planet. All the people there are either slaves or dead. Um, the villains have carved out their own little utopias. It's their planet. And then he throws Spider-Man there and says, you get to pick, I think it's seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wait, I'm counting. Yeah, seven. You get to pick seven heroes to come aid you. Now, yeah. technically, it ends up being nine by the end of it. Yeah, um, that's right. Yep. But Spider-Man picks the Fantastic Four. Iron Man, Captain America, Storm. He later turns the Lizard to his side, and uh, Black Cat shows up at the end. Yeah. Um, the main villain is Victor Von Doom. Of course. And watching this, I could not have been happier that we got to squeeze in the Fantastic Four and um, Doom because. If you go back to season two and three, when the show was very um, guest star happy, I'm sitting there going, I can't believe the Fantastic Four isn't involved in this somewhere. And there you go. Snuck him in at the last minute. And and how cool, right? Oh, God. I mean, Doom is just cool. Like He is an iconic villain. And, you know, I love the Fantastic Four, but Doom is... He's, again, one of Marvel's greatest villains. And it shows in this. Uh, he he has his own little um, his little patch of this planet carved out. It it For all intents and purposes, it looks like a utopia. Mm-hmm. But New, New Latveria. New Latveria, yep. He, and then he learns about the Beyonder and his power and ends up trying to steal the Beyonder's power, succeeds. Yep. And it goes, of course, horribly wrong. Um, and I guess this is uh, Secret Wars is is what what they're what these episodes titles um, not quite actually Secret Wars like the comics, but uh, I would have been happy if it ended this way. It would have been a good ending. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Secret Wars is a big storyline, and you basically just taking some of the greatest villains and the greatest heroes and just having them duke it out on a planet with no consequence. Right. And, and it was fun. It was loads it, of fun. Um, so again, just to reiterate, the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Captain America, and Storm are the original seven that Spider-Man brings to this, this planet to, to aid him in his battle, right? Right. Who would who would have your seven have been? Hmm, that is a good question. So the villains are all the same. 
Yeah, villains are all the same. Which it's Doom, Lizard, Doc Ock. And I'm blanking on the rest. Uh oh, blimey. Oh, Alistair Smythe. Oh, yes, yes. New and improved. Yeah. Was Shocker one? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Red Skull. Oh, my word, yes. Yeah. So in that sense, I'd probably keep Captain America, because that just makes sense. Sure. Um, I think you only really need Reed Richards. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, the other Fantastic Four are great, but the power sets are equivalent. Reed Richards is a genius. So, sure. tactically, he's very useful. I'd probably bring in Doctor Strange. Because I... I mean, you could argue Doom, but I don't think anyone has got any mystical powers that could really stand up. Um, I bring in Rogue from the X-Men just because I think she's cool. What's that for? Mm -hmm. Who else? I mean, Iron Man proved to be more of a liability in this episode than anything else, so less... Oh, yeah, see, I don't want to do that to Iron Man because he's kind of iconic. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of drawing a blank on four. I'll have to think on that. If any more come to me, I'll let you know. So my seven, um, I would do Daredevil. Okay. Uh, and combat, he's hard to beat. True. True. Not a lot. I'm gonna keep... not, not a lot to swing on though. But then I suppose it's true of Spider Man as well. Right. Um, I'm gonna keep Storm. Yeah, that's Just a good shout. Her, her elemental, she's an elemental powerhouse. Um, I do keep Iron Man. Again, for the, the genius element of it. I keep Cap because it's Captain America. Yep. I do have Human Torch. I was I was picking solely from from the the entire animated series. Mm -hmm. Um so I do have Human Torch and Thing. And then I have Wolverine. Yeah, I think Wolverine's a lock. He's got to be, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, just just pull the pin, throw him in, and just sit back and watch. Sure. And again, I, 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 my first time watching this, I was pretty shocked that Wolverine didn't end up in this. And, you know, I don't know, maybe they intended to and they couldn't get the voice actor to agree to it, but... Um, I, I thought for sure Wolverine would end up being one. Yeah, you'd think. I mean, I definitely would have I definitely would have picked him over Black Cat. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure why she's there. I mean she's a cool character, don't get me wrong, but Um I remember his reasoning being um she would help keep him grounded. I suppose, um, but she's there for more of emotional support. Um, Which plus, is you know, he also found out that his his wife is actually made of water, so maybe he was looking for companionship. 
Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Thinking with little Spidey. Yep. Yeah. Um, but um. So anyway, that 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 series kind of ends, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is a good end to the show, but we get one of those, okay, and now the real test. And it's like the third time they kind of do that to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was, honestly, I was like, do I really have, like, I think it was two or three more episodes to get through. Like, why can't it just end there? And I really was like, it took me a while to watch the last handful of episodes because personally, I didn't want to. I was happy with what happened. I was just like, I don't want to finish this. Um, you may now proceed to telling me how uh, horribly wrong I was. So horribly wrong. <laughs> just absolutely just pays off the entire series. The last two episodes, the uh, Spider Wars, I think. Yeah. Probably the best two episodes in the series. I mean, season five may not be my favorite series, but it probably has my favorite episodes in it. And it's these two. Yep. Um, so go ahead and give us a little bit of uh, a little synopsis on what Spider Wars is. Well, everything up until this point has been a test, and it's been happening in multiple realities, multiple timelines, to find the Spider-Man to lead a team of other Spider-Men uh, to basically save every reality. And it's just magnificent. Um, you have one, I suppose variant is now the word, isn't it? Yeah. You've got one variant of Peter Parker who has bonded with the Carnage symbiote and has gone completely off the rails. And uh, with the help of Kingpin and um, oh, whoever else, he designs basically a bomb that will destroy every parallel universe. I mean, I mean, come on, do you need any higher stakes than that? Yeah, when you think about it, it doesn't really make sense, but uh, who cares? It's fun. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they see the, um, what was the device? I, I can't remember either. You know, the one, the one that creates portals. Yeah. Yep. So it, you know, it's, it's there. The groundwork is there. I mean, okay, how do you destroy every reality? No, we won't go too deep into that, but it is a cool concept. Right. Um, so one of the, the quote-unquote variants, I guess we're calling them, is actually Scarlet Spider. Yep. Yep, that's right. It, that was cool to see. I, didn't, I did not expect to see Scarlet Spider. Nope. And in his reality, he's actually married to Gwen Stacy. Yes, yes. Again, a cameo I was not expecting. Nope, but I could not have been happier that they threw her in there. Yep, she deserves it. Um, and again, you already mentioned uh, Spider Carnage. Spider Carnage. How great of a villain was that for a final villain? Even uh, better than regular Carnage. Right. Now, I'm going I'm to ask you, kind of sidetrack, uh, did you ever play the PS1 Spider-Man game? Yes, yes, I love that game. With, uh, I guess, octopus carnage at the end of it? Yep, chasing you down the corridors. Yeah, that oh, was, cool. like, tense. 
Yeah. And that's, that's all I could think of the whole time I'm watching this last episode. That was, was how terrifying that uh, octopus carnage was and how this uh, carnage Spider-Man or spider carnage is, you know, he's, he's terrifying too. And it goes back to that carnage is just such a good villain and yep. villain for a villain's sake, you know, no ulterior motives other than just, well, carnage nope just a just a bad bad man um symbiote yeah uh and then so this spider carnage is peter parker in that universe and the way they get him to fight off the symbiote oh just beautiful beautiful it, it's like poetry it's yeah just such a it ties everything up in a nice neat little bow so original spider-man uh realizes that this is an alternate universe and he is the spider-man that lives in that universe has lost nothing so he says i'm going to get the one person that can help us change his mind Yep. And the way the whole story has gone, you're meant to expect Mary Jane. Yeah, 100%. But what we get instead is Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, who is still alive in this universe and is the only person to talk an insane Peter Parker spider carnage down from destroying every reality. So... Mwah. At the end of it all, it's not even like Spider-Man or any of these superheroes that stop him. It's Uncle Ben, and it's because of that, you know, that connection that Uncle Ben has with Peter Parker. And and, and you just did it, though. If it have been any more beautiful. Just, and again, it's after everything else, it's the human side of the character that wins out. I don't know if I could have put it any better myself. That that is beautifully spoken. Thank you. And and again, right back to why is Spider Man such a great character? Yep it's 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 all heart. Um. So again, if it would have ended right there, you would have been tickled pink. I I would have been absolutely stuffed to the brim, ready to lie down and have a nice little nap absolutely satisfied but instead we get another like maybe five minute section where um there's a a, a variant right yep <laughs> that has no powers whatsoever at the end of everything everyone goes home except for og spider-man and this powerless spider-man and madam webb sends him to this world where he is a actor and the reason is, is he feels that the original Spider-Man needs to talk to someone in his universe. Yep. So this is essentially the real world, an actor right. who plays Spider-Man. Right. And this last cameo, I didn't expect, but it almost brought a tear to my eye. Yep. And maybe given that it's Marvel, maybe you should have expected it, but I didn't. Well, no, and, you know, if, if you haven't figured it out, 
you've seen him in almost every Marvel movie up until I think it was Captain Marvel. I think, yep, yeah, you're right, Captain Marvel. So, you know what? I, uh, I'm torn. Do we even say who it is at this point? Do you know what? No, I think it was Infinity War. But go, no, go on. Yeah, I, I, do, you, do you think they know? At this point, you would have to know, right? Of course. The man himself. Um, we we get Stan Lee at the end. Yes, we do. It's, and it's incredible. And, you know, Spider-Man takes Stan Lee web slinging and he is just, uh, I think the right analogy would be a kid on Christmas. Yep. And so appreciative of Spider-Man. And it's just, there's just take away everything in that episode we get to see stan lee's true appreciation for one of his characters one of his favorite characters you could argue yeah and and how he really feels about that character in real life this isn't it, i mean it's a cartoon but in that moment it's so much more than a cartoon it's stan lee putting his his stamp of approval on it is really what it is absolutely absolutely yep just it's a mutual display of respect the show for the creator the creator for the for the for the show for the character and again the 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 mwah, the chef's kiss to end that show and, absolutely you know there there's a couple of a few video games pop into mind a few movies um when they end end games one of them when it when it ends you just sit there for a good like 3 minutes and just <sighs> yep absolutely beautiful beautiful and i've got just one more of my little voice acting tidbits for you oh oh yes i saved the best till last i think so towards the end of the episode we get a scene where madame webb appears on the roof yeah st stanley says something like who is that uh exotic woman or what have you and in turn madame webb says oh he's a he's a very special man madame webb was actually played by joan lee stanley's wife no way way that so only, is incredible not, not only do you get the character and the creator showing love and respect for each other you get the man and his wife doing the same i just thought that was beautiful how insane is that? Yep. Well, this is an extremely long episode for me, and I really hope I, I kind of wish you would have put that in the beginning. I hope everyone hung on this long to hear that. That's that is insane. I mean, that ending carries such a different weight to it now. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was just like a little silly joke to throw in at the end. Nope. Wow. So no. cool. What what a great show. Exactly. It's just so much heart. So much heart, so much humanity, and just so much fun. Man. Um Wow. Uh so the voice acting's great. Yep. The music, it including but not excluded to the theme song. The the music in the entirety is fantastic sure is yeah you always know what is happening on the screen even if you didn't watch you could 
just listening to the musical cues, you sort of can guess what's going on. Yep. Um, my favorite story arc, excluding Spider Wars, um, is the Symbiote Saga. What What's yours? I no, I I think I'm going to have to go. I I'm, I'm going to have to include the Spider Wars because it's just such a good ending. That would be my favorite. If I have to choose something other than that, hmm, I might have to go for. I'm going to say, you know, I'm I'm going to have to go for Secret Wars. Okay. Uh, it's just it so has, much fun. It has my favorite villain, which is Venom. Um, it it has, I also have a side note as Hydro Man, but that's just because he's scary. <laughs> um, it has your favorite villain, which is? The Green Goblin. Green Goblin. Um, it has my favorite guest heroes. Um, actually, my favorite guest here is Daredevil, but for the show, it was Wolverine and, and the X-Men as a whole. Yours yeah. was? Uh, no, I'm going to agree with the X-Men because, again, I loved that show. Should should I should I anger everyone? I've, I've actually never made it through the first season of it. Well, there you go. You've, you, <laughs> that's your homework. Yeah. Um, I Actually, I... We're, we're wrapping up this show if it's not obvious enough um and just just to before we get into our final goodbyes here uh i i do plan on doing more of these just you know maybe a season at a time yeah maybe not quite as uh maybe we don't binge it quite as much as you did last time um so i i do plan on x-men being one but i think i'm gonna flop back and forth i think i might do a dc show next um but I, I think this was a great idea and, and I, I can't say thank you enough for you, you jumping on here and doing it with me, especially with um, the time difference and both of us being, you know, full-time workers and full-time parents. And uh, mm -hmm. this is great. Uh, this has been so much fun, honestly. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been, let's do it again sometime. Yeah, w without a doubt, we will, we will be doing this again. Um, if, if nothing else, maybe for uh, an exclusive interview when you hit a big uh, voice acting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you'll, you'll get the exclusive. <laughs> um, before we sign off here, uh, would, would you like to uh, just shout out maybe some future plans of yours? I, I know you kind of did in the beginning, but just reiterate. Yeah, so, I mean, again, I'll be working on putting some uh, public domain audio books up on the YouTube page, hopefully i'll start working on that soon um i'll have a website up shortly with my commercial voice reel and uh just any other projects i might be working on and uh i'll just keep plugging away just uh trying to get that trying to get that first job yeah which again this is um may so in three months you you probably are going to have that stuff on until people hear this yeah i hope so yeah so um youtube channel uh follow follow that voice is that what uh, it was follow my voice oh seven six one four i think is the uh the username as say i don't have a um a custom custom name for it just yet but um you, you, you right. can find it you can find it i'll um 
pop the link in the discord as well for those that are there yeah sure um and i'll when i when i uh put the episode i'll i'll have that link in the description i make i'll make sure i get it from you then yep brilliant um, thank you very much i appreciate that yeah so uh, as always with my comic reviews we're we're going to end this the same way i end my recom my comic reviews uh four categories what are you doing get on it watch it you know because we you, you can't read this one yep and uh finally skip it I, I I don't think either of us need to say it, but we have to say it. I mean, I as a diehard Spider-Man fan who loves the character more than any other, I guess, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. Um, what are you doing? I I understand, you know, if it missed you, Maybe you were a little too young in the 90s or what have you, but there's Disney Plus. I almost guarantee if you're listening to my show, you have Disney Plus. Almost guarantee. It's, it's you know, maybe not. Um, but if you do have it, uh, what are you doing? Check um, it out. It's a good time. You won't regret it. Yeah. So again, uh, thanks to Captain Alcatraz for uh, doing this little show with us. Um, I know that we've actually had requests for you doing a, a show with me, um, actually on a comic rather than uh, this episode. So it'll be a nice little surprise for the people that uh, get to hear you uh, before we do that comic, which I, I definitely plan on doing uh, once I get to it. But um, I, that's it. I'm Unbuckled Cape with Captain Alcatraz saying what are you doing and uh we're going to be doing episodes every week starting next week so we'll talk to you next week and until then get out there and save the world you bunch of heroes <laughs>